It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back. Coming up on this week's show... We give you all the news about the exciting return of the European leagues, latest news about CBS and ESPN's big plans for Serie A and La Liga, why the pendulum of transfer sign-ins has swung to the Premier League, and your feedback in the listener mailbag segment. I'm Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, joined alongside the returning co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, uh, you didn't miss much um, this past week. Uh, there's only uh, Messi going from Barcelona to PSG. It's been an insane week, and, and, and he hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, and, and probably I was the last person on the planet to find out about that because I was uh, I was so focused on what was going on with uh, uh, COVID-19 in Florida and kind of in tunnel vision. And then several hours later, I had missed a few calls from you, missed a few calls from other people. And then I was like, oh, yeah, all these people are calling me at the same day, same time. <laughs> I found out what had happened. That wasn't when he signed with PSG. I was paying, I was fully right. in at that point. Although I have to say I got suckered by some sources giving me different rumors, which luckily I didn't report any because there was no – I mean just there were rumors flying. But yeah, when he left Barcelona, um, I was caught off guard. Though, uh, Chris, I have to say truthfully, privately, I've talked to many people for months who thought that this would have to happen and were really kind of surprised when Messi and Barcelona had agreed to terms or had verbally agreed to terms a few weeks ago because uh, if the the salary structure that Tebas and the salary discipline Tebas was trying to impart into La Liga was going to have any team, Lionel Messi could not return to Barcelona. So, so we'll get into the TV side of things in a little bit, but the first question I want to ask you and get your thoughts and get my, uh, share mine too is will this transfer signing move the needle for PSG and league earn in terms of the popularity of, of of both the league and the team at this point yes i mean it's all anyone in my circle is talking about outside of i have mentioned coronavirus and, and florida outside uh, in my soccer circles this is all anyone's talking about, even local soccer. This is all anyone's talking about. And they're talking about PSG and their marketability and their assumption, people's assumption that now other teams in Liga 1 are going to uh, counter this move and, and be more attractive to, to star players. But then there's the financial limitations on Liga 1 clubs, although the television situation seems to be have been worked out because I, I – we talked about this on this podcast before, Chris. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there was a uh, a great television deal, uh, too good to be true television deal, struck by Liga uh, a couple seasons ago that brought all kind of, was going to bring all kinds of new money into the league uh, via a third party rights holder, and it just didn't happen, right? And the, the company collapsed, and uh, there was a crisis last year as far as their domestic television rights. Um, but that's the kind of assumption that there's going to be more money flowing in, and that because BN is so determined to promote Qatar and the World Cup next year, and they now have the biggest uh, marketing draw you could possibly have in Messi, that there's going to be some sort of effort to uh, to, to really ramp it up and make Liga uh, much more accessible and popular. But, and I'm going to throw it to you on this, but there is still the distribution issue would be in, and there does not seem to be, there seems to be insurmountable obstacles to actually fixing that, in, at least in my opinion. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, I think I mentioned about uh, there's so many people in the States and, and, and just in terms of, you know, you look at them on social media, just and, and a lot of people that are not even soccer fans, but they'll go around, they, they wear Dortmund shirts, they wear PSG sh- shirts. And it's not so much that they're supporting the, the actual clubs, but they're fans of the players. So they're fans of 
Haaland or uh, Mbappe or, or Neymar, whoever it may be. And the viewing numbers for uh, both for Dortmund and, and the German league and for PSG and the French league never match up to the amount of um, what seems to be a popularity for those teams. This will move the needle, I believe, for PSG. I mean, I don't care about Instagram numbers in terms of the number of followers they got from Instagram. Yes, it will make PSG a more a bigger brand name in the United States. And yes, there will be more interest in people wanting to watch uh, Messi play for, for PSG. I don't think, though, Kartik, it's going to actually increase the number of viewers that much. The, 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 there's the distribution problems, which uh, haven't changed. If anything, they've probably gotten worse uh, now that being sports have lost uh, La Liga. And the French League is, yes, the the flagship league, league that they have. But in terms of big brands, I mean, really, the French league has has one team. Uh, you, you can you could you could compare that to I mean the German league at least has uh, Bayern Munich, of course, but a Dortmund. Uh, it has some strong contenders. I mean, the French league it's far and beyond PSG all the way. So I'm I, I think. This transfer will uh, move the needle for Messi and more so for Messi, probably more than PSG, but will increase the popularity of PSG in this country. I don't think, though, that you're going to see that in the number of uh, viewers. Now, you may, in terms of you mean, kids getting into soccer and wearing PSG shirts and in terms of shirt sales, but I don't think it's going to translate into larger viewing numbers under the uh, the current scenario that we're, we're, we're on, which is being sports have the rights to league earn until uh, basically May of 2024, which still seems so far away from now. Yeah, one other aspect of why PSG is cool in the U.S., I have to mention, is the pop culture aspect of them having the jump man uh, on their kits. So uh, they are a Jordan brand. Uh, they're, I think they're the only Jordan brand, uh, soccer brand, right? Uh, Jordan soccer brand. So, uh, so that's, there's a coolness factor to that specifically uh, in, in the States, which has allowed them to sell uh, kits uh, that they probably wouldn't have otherwise sold. And I, and I agree with you. I, I, I see those two, the two teams you mentioned, actually, Chris, Dortmund and PSG, I, see, I think I see more of these days than – most European clubs. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. a lot of Dortmund kits. I think the color might be the reason. Actually, the the, the yeah. yellow is a really cool color. Although I mean, they could buy Villarreal, right? I mean, they're, <laughs> but they're buying <laughs> Dortmund. Um, yeah, so that's a great point. But I think the Jumpman has something to do with it. The Jordan brand, and now having Messi linked up with the Jordan brand, probably drive shirt sales even further. But are those people going to tune in and watch uh, Liga every week and watch it be in? I don't think so. Now, will it will it possibly give a spike in Champions League ratings to um, to CBS? Yes. Because I think uh, honestly, Barcelona was no longer a factor in Champions League. I mean, the eight to two against Bayern, which which was you could even argue was a flattering scoreline compared, uh, based on the balance of play. I think that that was it. And Real Madrid as a as a even though they got to the semifinals last year, it just felt like they are not really a factor anymore. PSG is more of a factor, even if they're not advancing much further than Barcelona in these tournaments. Um, so I think it might actually boost CBS. Uh, uh, even though Messi's not le- – he was in the Champions League. But you know what I'm saying. I think for yeah. PSG being a factor, they, they, they were in a position where they could have won the Champions League without Messi. They were close enough. They – Barcelona, even with Messi, is nowhere near winning the Champions League. So I think this might give CBS a bit of a boost. They might have Messi in a Champions League final next year. Um, and, yeah. and certainly we'll have him probably in the semifinals at the very least. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, Kartik. Not only CBS Sports, but also Univision. And Univision having the Spanish language rights to the Champions League. Um, in many ways, they are the two biggest winners in this. I don't see Ligon as being a big winner in the United States under the current scenario situation with uh, the games being on exclusive to being sports uh for psg it's going to be difficult to really increase the brand on television in terms of televised games through league earn which is through being sports but on the champions league it's a, a, on a different level a lot more accessible and uh, especially with univision to having the rights in spanish 
a question that comes from one of our listeners, and this is, comes from Corey. Corey says, any chance that another network or streaming service tries to bid for League Earn rights now that it appears that Messi is going to be playing with PSG? So, so Corey's asking, I mean, is there an opportunity here that somebody could come in, uh, I don't know, uh, an NBC, a CBS, you mean a Fox, and says, hey, be in sports. We saw what you did with La Liga and how you had the exclusive rights to La Liga uh, and you and, and you sold those or did a deal with La Liga to, to sell those to, on to ESPN. Do you think that's possible, Kartik? Do you think there's an opportunity here for somebody to come in and, and take the rights away from being sports uh, if the price is right? The end is about... Uh, right now is open in the U.S. to promote Qatar 2022. PSG's uh, brand is about promoting Qatar for tourism and making Qatar more acceptable in the West, all these sorts of things. So I think it's a decision that's going to be made at the highest level in the Emirate, in, in Qatar, in Doha, whether putting uh, Messi on M- uh, on NBC or CBS or, or wherever in the U.S. And I think it would have to be NBC, actually, because CBS and uh, uh, ESPN, maybe they'll find more bandwidth somewhere, right? But it feels like they're both maxed out now, doesn't it? Um, if that is going to move the needle in promoting the World Cup. Now, of course, the World Cup is on Fox, Um in 2022 so maybe fox enters the picture here and that's something where there's a sub license deal worked out until december of 2022 or whenever uh to promote uh cutter 2022 promote messi and promote um the world cup being in cutter that's the only scenario i can see because i think uh chris this is so much about promoting um cutter the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah be in and psg and then the world cups in cutter next year as i said so i don't see it happening uh, I think the station is open. I, I, I look. I don't want people. Uh, maybe I'm jumping jumping ahead here, but knowing some of the things you and I know, I would not be shocked if BN US is gone after the, the World Cup in 2022. I, I would not be surprised if June of 2023 that Liga season ends and uh, they they close the doors. Um, but until then, their focus is on promoting. Uh, Doha and Qatar as a tourist destination and as a uh, a center of football and all this stuff. So I don't think they would do it unless it feeds directly into promoting that World Cup, which, as I think out loud, uh, is Fox and and probably not NBC and definitely not ESPN or CBS. Yeah, if Messi had moved to any other club that being sports had the rights to that league, then I think it's possible. But given that PSG is owned by Qatar, given that uh, being sports is owned by Qatar, I don't think this is going to happen. It's very, very unlikely. Um, I mean, Qatar obviously has enormous amounts of wealth. And like you said, Kartik, the the 2022 World Cup is going to be uh, the height for this country in terms of uh, international awareness, in terms of uh, their brands and, and promoting and having Messi as the number one figure to, to go ahead and promote uh, being sports well, yeah, and, and, and Qatar. Yeah, he's effectively superseded Xavi, uh, his former Barcelona teammate, uh, as the number one ambassador for Qatar and for football in Qatar just by making this move. Uh, I assume he's comfortable with that aspect because I think that's part of the deal, honestly. It hasn't been talked about much, but I think that's part of the deal. Right now, uh, they have a number of brand ambassadors. I mean, Arsene Wenger has gone to Qatar, done a lot with them. But Xavi is like the most recognizable person we're now associating with football in, in that country. Uh, and I think that might end up being messy. So the BN synergy with PSG and Qatar, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I think it's unlikely because of that. So how much of an impact is this going to have on ESPN's coverage of La Liga? And I mean, they've, they've spent $1.4 billion to acquire the rights. They've been chasing these rights for a long time. Um, being sports held off and you mean $1.4 billion. How much of an impact is this going to have on ESPN's coverage and, and, and their viewership numbers? You called it, Chris. You were the one raising the alarm when the deal was made. 
uh, when uh, we, we we had uh, uh, you and I were both on multiple calls, uh, 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 galas even you know phone galas of uh, celebrating ESPN and this deal and relevant sports, and you you were the one who threw up kind of this this red flag. Well, what happens if Messi leaves Barcelona? And in the back of my mind the whole time, I'm thinking because I had been talking to other people about La Liga. I talked to player agents actually who said, look, La Liga's cap. Uh, Tebas is serious about this, and Barcelona is not going to be able to re-register him. But I, in, uh, it, it, until it actually happened, I didn't realize those two things. Your speculation at that time and what I had been hearing, and as I said at the, outset, at the start of this podcast, uh, it, 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 it was a shock. But then after the shock wore off, it was like, yeah, you know, people I've been talking to have been saying this for months, that there's no way he could return to Barcelona with, their, with the financial constraints on them. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know what ESPN is thinking. I mean, it's, it is a uh, – it is a devastating thing also because La Liga does not have that next group of stars yet. I think uh, Moreno could be. I, I, I think uh, certainly uh, uh, Pau Torres, uh, who we saw in the Super Cup, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Tedri. There are Pedri, a number right. of good young players, but the guys like Busquets and Ser- oh, Sergio Ramos has gone to PSG too. Right? Let's not forget that. Uh, the guys like Busquets, and I was going to say Ramos. <laughs> Benzema. Yeah, right. Those guys are fading, right? Uh, Aiden Hazard is, 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 who knows if he'll be at, at uh, Madrid much longer. The only thing that can counter this is if somehow Florentino Perez um, robs a bank in the next year and brings Mbappe to Madrid a year from now, which I, I, maybe they have to do somehow to, for, for the league and for uh, just the gravitas of Spanish football. Yeah, but th- but then it's a lost season in, in some ways for for ESPN. ESPN thinking, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the season's a wash for them right now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really difficult position to be in. I mean, I mean, we had Kay Murray on last week, and she said, I mean, this is a what an eight year deal. Nobody was expecting uh, Leo Messi to be uh, on ESPN for this. I mean, for eight years. I mean, we, we know that within a couple of years, he was probably going to move on to play. For Miami or in MLS, anyway. So his his longevity with Barcelona was going to be relatively short lived from from here on. Any anyway, but it's still a major blow, and it's something that um, is going to be really interesting. I mean that that's my game to watch this weekend. From a football perspective, yes, in terms of uh, watching uh, Barcelona at home against Real Sociedad live on ABC and ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. on Sunday Eastern Time. But I'm also interested in terms of how this game is covered. You've got Ian Dark commentating the game with Maka. You've got Dark and Maka, I mean, the two of the best commentators, uh, the, the duo. And how will ESPN cover this game? What will this game will uh, be like? Uh, and especially having both of them in the stadium at uh, at the Camp Nou, what's the the atmosphere going to, going to be like in the stadium? So it's going to be a drama. It's going to be an evolving story over the course of the season. It's a massive gamble by ESPN. Even even before we knew that Messi was going to PSG, a massive roll of the dice to, to try to figure out. You mean like can ESPN make La Liga? a massive success in this country given the, the amount of money they've spent. Yes, we know Barca and Real Madrid are big clubs and they are two of the biggest clubs in the country. But outside of that, there's a, a large number of other clubs that relatively don't get much uh, exposure. Villarreal, definitely, uh, and, and Atleti. But outside of that, there's not a lot of discussion being had in the mainstream. So it's a massive gamble. It's going to be interesting. And uh, at the end of the day, Kartik, being sports, they've got to be laughing about this. They've got to be like, laughing to themselves. Everyone uh, <laughs> writing them off after they lost La Liga. And there we have Messi moving to PSG and now being sports, being, being back in business, effectively. I mean, they're still in business, but you mean, they're back. Yeah. Yeah, they're back big time. And now um, there are people 
who canceled their Fubo. I know this anecdotal evidence. Some of you, know, some of you are listening to the podcast who, who talked to me about this stuff. Who canceled their Fubo subscriptions? Who canceled their Sling subscription? I shouldn't laugh. Sorry, I, and I don't mean to offend those of you who've written to me, but I, I do find it kind of the irony in it funny uh, that have canceled their Fubo and Sling subscriptions and have been contacting me in the last week, like oh my, or the last three days since he since it was made officially signed at PSG. Oh my goodness! I mean, what am I going to do now? Now I have to get back at like a new rate i'm a new subscriber it's costing me money because you know whatever promotional deal right. you had they lost uh, the grandfather's rate yeah yeah i have that with fubo that's why i still have fubo i'm grandfathered in from ages ago from when they started actually and came on this podcast and, la- and launched the product uh, like eight years ago so there are people who feel really screwed by this and bien you're right is probably laughing about it they, they, they love the irony uh, of it and, um, you know, again, the French League was actually really good last season, and Lille uh, hung on and won the league on the last day of the season. Uh, in stoppage time, there was a, they almost blew it. Uh, but I, it was um, Monaco was very good last season. They've actually maybe even gotten better. Uh, Leon was pretty good, although they lost Memphis. That's uh, He's gone to Barcelona. Maybe now he wishes he hadn't gone, uh, given he thought he probably was going to play with Messi. Um The French League is actually really a compelling league. It's a really good league. Uh, Lille has retained more of their players than I thought they would. They lost Samare, who was a key part. Uh, He's gone to Leicester. And they lost Mangan, who was obviously a great goalkeeper who went to replace Donnarumma at uh, Milan. But otherwise, they're still very solid. So um, the in... but, But then again... It goes back to the issue. I can say all this, Chris, but what you said earlier, the in's distribution situation has not improved, and it's not going to improve uh, uh, r- r- uh, dramatically. I mean, yeah. it may improve slightly. So it, the, that's yeah. the drawback the, all, the whole way. They're in a strange place because Bean Sports now have Messi back on their channel. Um it's not going to improve the distribution. Like, so it's not going to be, okay, all right, now being sports is back on DirecTV and back on Comcast. Uh, it will probably help them out in terms of advertising. They'll probably get a few more advertisers coming in to uh, advertise on the channel than, than they had in the past. However, a lot of the advertisers basically pay based on the distribution. So if you're in 50 million homes and you can guarantee – uh, X amount of uh, views or impressions on your advertising that are, that are going to be played throughout this, the entire season, you will pay more money. Uh, Being Sports has already paid uh, Ligue 1 for the rights to show the French League. Um, and But there's no, seemingly, there's probably no increase in revenue for Being Sports. Now, they may get some more subscribers coming in now or coming back. There's no guarantee of that, though, but you would you would hope so. But I think, like you said earlier in the podcast, most fans of Messi uh, that like watching Messi will probably hold out and wait for the Champions League. And that's when, in, in quotation marks, the real competition begins. Having said all of that, though, Kartik, is that being sports last week, uh, I think the layoffs that they had... Anyone that watched um, Be In Sports last weekend to watch some of the League uh, coverage, which this is probably the most League coverage I've watched in one weekend, probably in a couple of years, because I was curious. I was okay, let, let me turn, turn on the channel and see what's happening. So I watched the opening game of the season on Friday, last Friday, Monaco against Nantes. Um, no commentators. What they had, they used the world feed. We had Phil Shane doing the pre-match, just kind of just talking, talking about uh, the, the team lineups, etc., that's it. And then there was no studio show. There was n- nothing. And then the, the game the PSG uh, on the weekend. And then in the, that uh, PSG game they showed, uh, it was, uh, I think, Thomas Rongen and, and Phil Shane on, on the commentary. Now, Kartik, since the last episode uh, that you were on, Ray Hudson has left BN Sports. So they've, they're missing their number one commentator. They've lost so much talent over the last couple of years. They've gone on to work for CBS, uh, ESPN, uh, into Miami, you name it. There's a long, long list of people that have left that uh, network. So they're running a really tight ship. Uh, They've got very little talent available to them to choose from. And yet they have the biggest name in world football. I mean, arguably the number one player in the world. Uh, if not number one, I mean joint number one. 
you would think that ABN Sports would say, hey, okay, we're going to double up on our coverage. We're going to go ahead and bring in some big names, and we're going to do it right. We're going to actually embrace this and make the most of this. Kartik, I, I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I, I don't think anything will change. I think it'll be the same kind of crew and really, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the crew that they have, but these people have been with us for quite some time and it's a shoestring budget uh, to the extreme. Yeah, I think another factor here is Liga does not produce games and uh, they uh, the way at the, at the level that... Uh, that uh, the Bundesliga, or certainly Bundesliga and Premier League are in a class by their, themselves, but even at the level that La Liga and uh, Serie A do, they don't have the sort of infrastructure in terms of like La Liga TV and the personalities that maybe they can ship over or they can have. Um, and we're going to talk about ESPN and La Liga in a little bit, but, but a lot of it is, is, is down to the fact that La Liga has that infrastructure that uh, Liga doesn't. So it's not all on VN. This all having been said, you know, PSG has spent so much money, Cutter and, and BN have spent so much money on various things. You would have thought they would have uh, worked at the, at, at, on the domestic end, although they've been kind of in the middle of some of the, some of the domestic intrigue around the TV rights for Liga. But they would have, PSG as a brand would have worked hard with Liga to improve their international distribution and even their international presentation. And they haven't done that. So, uh, look, uh, Liga broadcasts still seem very um, – they're like watching the Bundesliga or Premier League five years ago, right? right. It's not, it's, I'm not going to say they're 30 years behind, but they're no. like five yeah. to seven years behind where the Bundesliga and Premier League are. And they're behind where La Liga and, uh, and uh, Serie A are. So it becomes very difficult then. VN then has to have a whole army of their own commentators. They have to kind of overproduce on their end the games, and they just don't have the capability of doing that. So I think it's uh, – it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Liga, now that they have this commodity, at least for the next two years, are going to ramp, ramp up things. But it's happening right. The season had already begun when Messi signed. Um, with the games you watched last weekend, Messi had not – signed at that point and while all logical signs pointed to PSG I will tell you and again I didn't go on Twitter and start reporting things because I was very very skeptical of what I was hearing but I heard rumors about all kinds of things and him landing in all kinds of different places including MLS in China but also different clubs in Europe Mm -hmm. so um, the last round of matches that you're commenting on Chris that you were watching Messi wasn't even in the league yet. So I don't know if they have the capability of ramping this thing up quickly enough, uh, given given the enormous asset they now have. All right. So before we move on to TV streaming news, Kartik, what's your uh, match to watch this weekend that you'd recommend? Oh, it's a sentimental one because Jesse Marsh is managing his first match uh, at Leipzig, uh, at RB Leipzig, the first uh, Americans have managed at a high level in, in first divisions in, in Europe before Pellegrino Mazzara was in, is still the manager of Stuttgart. and managed Stuttgart wonderfully last year. They had a decent season. Obviously, Bob Bradley managed your club, uh, Swansea City. Uh, by the way, I've, uh, I've, the only match I watched this week, Chris, in its entirety, not full 90 minutes of, was Swansea Blackford. So apologies for that. Uh, I, I think I jinxed you guys because I watched a, lot, a fair amount of like bits and pieces of other football, but that's the only match I watched in its entirety. Uh, but this is the first match where we've had an American manager managing at a big time club, a club that's competing for trophies. Uh, obviously, they lost the German Cup final last year. They were in the Champions League semifinals two years ago. So uh, this is a big, big moment for um uh, I think for American soccer. So that's my pick. It's a sentimental pick. I know it's not the biggest game of the weekend, but uh, it's Jesse Marsh. So that's that's my choice. 9.30 a.m. on Sunday on ESPN+. Plus. All right. So moving on to the TV streaming news section. And, and the first news item is talking more about uh, the coverage from ESPN of La Liga. And they, they named some big names this week. Um, we'll go through those right now. So, so the commentators... Uh, we've mentioned already Ian Dark, but so you got Ian Dark, Adrian Healy, which is interesting too because he's working for Austin FC, yeah. but maybe he'll be doing some games um, from, from time to time. Uh, then uh, Ricardo Ortiz, Fernando Palomo, Rob Palmer, Mauricio uh, Pedrosa, Derek Ray, Sebastian Salazar, 
And then Jorge Ramos. Of course, some of these names are going to be ones doing coverage in Spanish for ESPN uh, Deportes. And then as far as the analysts, you have uh, – we've already mentioned, I think, on last week's podcast, you got uh, Steve McManaman, uh, Mario Campos, Diego Forlan, Luis uh, Garcia, Hugo Sanchez, and Pablo Zabaleta. But some of the other names um, uh, announced this week, Andres Agula, uh, Casey Keller – and uh, Alejandro Moreno, Car- Carolina de las Salsas, Alex Pereja, uh, Stuart Robson, Hernan Pereira, and then you have the hosts. So the ho- hosts, everyone from Dan Thomas and Kay Murray, uh, reporters. So this is important too, to, in terms of giving some context and analysis about uh, these teams and these stories. Uh, Martin. Um, uh, Alstein, or Eistein, who we've seen from time to time, I think even during the Euro 2020 coverage. Sid Lowe, who is uh, kind of a cult hero for a lot of uh, people, uh, I'm sure Kartik included, Alexis Nunes, etc. So there's more names actually than these, but th- that's the majority of the people that will be uh, broadcasting on the English language side and, and some of them on the Spanish language side. Any surprises here, Kartik? Any, any, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, some of these names that have been mentioned? Well, I'm excited to, to see Rob Palmer's name on that press release that we got the other day. That was a, that was a big surprise to me. And uh, he's a guy I, I, I have a lot of respect for. I've heard him do games with uh, the late Michael Robinson, a former Man City QPR Liverpool player who uh, then became kind of the, the uh, English language expert on La Liga after he finished his career up at Osasuna. Uh, so Rob Palmer is a guy that has an incredible amount of knowledge of La Liga. Really excited about that. Derek Ray doing some La Liga games was uh, – uh, was surprising and was um, uh, I, I think is great. I, I'm I'm excited about that. I, I can listen to any broadcast anywhere Derek Ray does. There were some Bundesliga fans concerned that meant his commitment to the Bundesliga uh, would not be as strong. But we were going to get to it in the news section uh, shortly. Derek Ray is still the lead commentator for ESPN on their Bundesliga coverage, but we'll also do some La Liga uh, g- games. Aren't going on the La Liga. Uh, schedule is often uh, different than uh, Bundesliga, uh, Bundesliga matches and earlier in the day. Seb Salazar, I thought, was, a, was an interesting choice, and I'm really happy uh, to, 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 uh, to see him on that, on that list. And um, I think the, the interesting thing is that ESPN has been able to lean on La Liga TV and the expertise of English language voices who have done La Liga when La Liga was on Sky Sports. Yep. Although, ironically enough, uh, we're talking about the distribution issues for, for Liga 1 in uh, the U.S. I have to mention this, Chris. I know this is a little out of school. We, we focus on the U.S. La Liga is now the one league in the U.K., even though they were on Sky for years and then had a little bit of time on ITV. They are the only league uh, of the big five leagues in, in, um, uh, in Europe now that does not have a major TV deal in the U.K. So Bundesliga and Serie A now are taking a step above uh, for this coming season above La Liga in the UK. So that's an, another interesting thing. Maybe we'll get into that later in the season uh, in terms of UK TV. But yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, I love the Kay Murray and, and Dan Thomas choices. Those are two of my favorite uh, all soccer hosts and obviously both with a background with Real Madrid TV. So uh, excited to, uh, to have both of them uh, as part of the team. That would, be, that would be the only disappointment I have so far from ESPN's announcements about the coverage of La Liga is La Liga TV. So anyone who's had, uh, had access to BN Sports in the past before uh, would know that on BN Sports Connect, um, one of their streaming channels, they had a 24-7 La Liga channel, which was La Liga TV. So directly from Spain, reporters, studio shows, uh, press conferences. I mean, a lot of uh, great coverage. And, and even when they showed games, they would have the, uh, the the commentators from La Liga TV. You'd be able to watch and listen to those guys instead of the, the BN Sports crew if you wanted to. But overall, mostly news and analysis and discussion did a really good job. With ESPN's coverage of... Uh, La Liga, that is not included. So there's going to be there's no access to a La Liga TV in the United States. Now, excerpts of La Liga TV, I'm sure um, ESPN will incorporate into their programming. So whether it's into maybe ESPN FC or some of their uh, coverage uh, of games, I mean, 
whether it's, I don't know, post-match or some analysis or maybe some clips that they would put on YouTube or other places, social media, etc. And, and the big news about La Liga TV this season, this, this coming season, is that uh, they announced a new host, and that's Gary Lineker. So they were able to get one of the biggest names in English language broadcasting uh, for soccer and get him into that position to be calling. I mean, a player used to play for Barcelona and has a fondness uh, for Spanish football. And yet we're probably not going to see much of him. Uh, Yes, ESPN has a strong crew, uh, all those names. And actually, there's a lot more names that we didn't mention. But those are some of the big names. And that's that's my only disappointment so far. But we'll have to wait and see how... And if they choose to incorporate some of that content into the regular programming. But they're incorporating some of the people who've worked for Law League TV. So I have to think that that's on the way. Um, but yeah, I'm disappointed we haven't heard about that either. All right. And then uh, in other news, um, CBS Sports announced uh, this week some more of details about their coverage of Serie A, which will begin on Saturday, August 21st. This will be a brand new deal for CBS Sports and Paramount Plus uh, and acquiring the rights to the Italian Serie A. Uh, previously, of course, uh, those games were on um, ESPN Plus. And um, what we can look forward to in the opening weekend of coverage of Serie A next week, uh, Udinese against uh, Juventus. That game's going to be on CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus, and all the other games will be on Paramount Plus. So if you have a Paramount Pr- a Plus subscription, you will get every single Serie A game. So um, what the plans are from CBS Sports is to announce more details as each week goes by. So next week, we should expect to hear. Uh, more news about talent. And then after the international break, from what I understand is in September, uh, then we will see the full studio crew. And uh, so for the first maybe week to week and a half of coverage of Serie A, uh, it's going to be not the full crew. It's going to be a limited crew. And then again, after the international break, then that's what we can expect to see on an ongoing basis with, with a um, kind of a fully staffed, fully optimized, enhanced uh, coverage of Serie A. So if you, if you are a Serie A fan and you're looking forward to the coverage, um, just basically give them a week or two to, to get to the point where they're going to go ahead and uh, unveil everything. Um, so as far as first impressions, just uh, give them a little bit of patience on that one. Kartik, one of your favorite leagues, uh, is starting up coverage uh, this weekend, and they've released more details about their second season. Yeah, so the Bundesliga is back on ESPN Plus uh, and ESPN and ABC uh, starting Friday uh, with uh, the season opener between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayern Munich. Derek Ray will be the commentator for that match. Uh, you have uh, a number of returning uh members of, of last year's uh, coverage to the ESPN uh, crew. But in addition, with Mark Donaldson now being available with Serie no longer on the network. So Mark Donaldson's going to call a game this weekend uh, on, the, on the network, on ESPN+. Plus. You've got Derek Ray returning. You've got Mark Donaldson back. Jurgen Klinsmann back. Uh, Casey Keller back. And, and Casey Keller will be uh, generally the lead uh, co-commentator. Uh, Kay Murray is going to be hosting the studio for Bundesliga this weekend, as well as La Liga, uh, as we talked about uh, earlier. Archie Rintat, who uh, uh, contributed uh, uh, immensely during the Euros this summer, a German-based uh, British reporter, but, but, but German-based, uh, is uh, he, he, he will be back, uh, as will uh, uh, Lutz Ponsdell, uh, who is going to be on the um, um, is going to be on the uh, uh, coverage this weekend. So. A uh, number of names that are back, and we're going to see uh, some of the same people that you saw on the Deportes side last season as well on the uh, the, the ESPN side this season. I think that the, uh, the, on the Deportes side this season, one of the really exciting things, Chris, to me, is that for both La Liga and the Bundesliga, at least based on what ESPN has told us about the first couple of weeks, we're going to get more matches with uh, native 
calls, with ESPN calls, uh, than we did last season for um, Serie A and the Bundesliga. Let's just swap Serie A, which is off the network now for La Liga. Uh, generally, it was one game a week, right? That you would have, if even that, with the Bundesliga, that you would have ESPN announcers. And what we uh, are finding is they're going to be doing more of their own commentary at least for the weeks leading into the first international break uh, in both La Liga and Bundesliga. So that to me is very exciting. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, calling things off of monitors has uh, gotten much better during this, this COVID period. And, and it seems pretty seamless. You really, in most cases, can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah, it's going to be a really big weekend for ESPN this weekend. Uh, of course, La Liga and, like you mentioned, the Bundesliga. The, the other piece of news, too, that uh, we broke this week is that ESPN Plus has renewed the rights to the Dutch Eredivisie. So uh, the coverage will start on Saturday. I think there's three games Saturday uh, and uh, a game or two on Sunday. So that's good to see because the, the Dutch Eredivisie rights ended at the end of last season. And I know that there was um, some discussion and, and um, more than one broadcaster that was interested in picking up these rights. But uh, ESPN Plus persevered and was able to do a deal. And uh, that's great news for fans of Dutch football. And for anyone who's watched it, it's really entertaining, of course. Um, some really high quality, open games, a lot of youth, uh, some passionate fans and uh Pretty much any time I watch a, a Dutch game, I really enjoy it. And it's, it's a league that I want to get into more. Again, the challenge is just so many games from so many different leagues and, and so much uh, to try and catch. Speaking of so many games from, from uh, you mean, and, and trying to catch games, uh, NBC has announced uh, their coverage plans for the Premier League, which uh, begins on Friday with Brentford uh, newly promoted against Arsenal. And it's the final season of the current TV deal that NBC Sports has with the Premier League. So within the next two months, we should find out uh, whether NBC has been able to renew these rights for another three to six years, or if another broadcaster will come in and uh, acquire the rights for the 2022-23 uh, season onwards. In terms of uh, coverage, it's basically what you expect from NBC. Um, it's the re returning crew of Arlo White, Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso, uh, two Robbies, Rebecca Lowe, and Danny Higginbotham uh, coming back. Uh, I don't think I saw any mention of Tim Howard, which is interesting. So maybe he's taking a, a break, perhaps, after coverage on ESPN. I'm not sure about that. Um, the other change is that... Um, this is something we saw late last season anyway, but on the games that are on over-the-air NBC, uh, they will be available also also on Peacock. So if you have Peacock, you will have access to the live uh, game of that's on the over-the-air NBC network, which is usually the 12.30 Eastern Time Saturday kickoff. And then um, one other piece of news, Kartik, is that uh, I'm not sure if you caught this because it, it has been a very busy week. Um, both politics, hurricanes, uh, and soccer. But NBC has uh, got a, a new replacement yeah. for Neil Ashton. Yeah. But yeah, be before is... I mention his name, I, I just want to, we haven't talked about this. I mean, when we do these podcasts, oftentimes, almost all the times, it's unfiltered, it's honest feedback, it's, it's our thoughts. Um, we usually don't talk much about the podcast, so it's kind of fresh and spontaneous. But what do you think of when you hear the words uh, David Ornstein? Right now, I think of uh, his stuff all being behind a paywall that I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to be honest. No, yeah, me too. No, no, me too. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you there. But, but, like, so, I, I mean, I thought it was a little odd. I'm glad they did this because I've been seeing it now for a year and a half. They didn't replace Neil Ashton when he went in. He left. He left journalism kind of abruptly in fairness to nbc opened his own shop became, became edward Woodward became his first client so um but then they didn't replace uh uh ashton last season and with all the things that happened last year that required like an insider journalist reporter uh they really looked bad so i'm glad they've replaced them with someone but i i I, the link up with the athletic is a little odd for me. I thought they'd go to the traditional broadsheet media, whether it would be uh, going uh, back uh, 
to, to, to someone like an Ash, getting a John Cross, for instance, that's a name that would come to mind, among others. A number of guys who write for The Guardian, The Independent, uh, but they went to an athletic reporter, which is, to me, kind of strange, honestly. I don't know if there's yeah. something greater in the link up there or if it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I think it's a, co- a guy that was available, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a coincidence. What I would say is that, uh, like you, you mean, he's been off kind of off my radar for a long time just because he's behind a paywall. But the other thing I associate with David Ornstein is Arsenal and just a very heavy focus on Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I agree that, yes, I think they've answered our kind of our hopes and prayers that they would replace Neil Ashton because that was something that was severely missing last season. Everything from the European Super League to the Old Trafford invasion. There were so many different talking points. I know coronavirus, of course, too. I mean, as far as names, if somebody came to me and said, hey, Chris, who do you think should be in that role uh, rather than a David Ornstein? I mean, Marina Hyde. Uh, Henry, she's amazing. Yeah, right. Henry, Henry. just just for the consumption of the listeners, uh, I try and model my own writing, and the reason why maybe my writing has become more erratic in the last two years is I'm trying to copy her writing style specifically. I absolutely adore the way she writes. So. Uh, it would be a dream for me, but uh, yeah, she would be much better among others. Yeah, or like a Henry Winter or, or, or somebody. But there was a, yeah. I don't know. I was just, yeah, I was just really surprised. Barney Barclay. I mean, there are any number of people that would be good. Yeah. Uh, even Barney Rone. I mean, you could go on and on, actually. Yeah, I was, so I was, I was surprised by uh, David Ornstein, but I'll I'll go in with uh, an open mind, and uh, hopefully he will. Uh, kind of exceed our expectations uh, this weekend when I'm sure he'll uh, probably do a, a Sunday morning segment. There's a lot of Arsenal fans. So Amy Lawrence, is same same issues. John Cross, same issues where they're really Arsenal heavy. And I think they're both incredible reporters. I mean, in fact, I would say Amy Lawrence is also a great analyst of football. She's more than just a reporter. She's really – she's with The Athletic now too, so you can read her stuff, can't read her stuff anymore. But she um, – but then when it gets to Arsenal sometimes with these Arsenal-centric reporters, I, I often have a problem with some of the reporting and some of the analysis. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Ornstein also. So, Kartik, one of the things that's happened the last couple of weeks is some major transfer moves. Uh, yes, Messi goes to uh, PSG. But if you look at the European transfer market, there's a shift. I mean, Inter Milan, Inter wins the, the title, but then uh, sells their star striker, Romelu Lukaku, for, what, over $100 uh, million, uh, a massive amount of money, a, cl- a club transfer record fee for Chelsea. You have um, many other players, too, uh, but uh, Grealish, of course, moving from Villa to City. But you've got Josh Sargent, who's not commanding those types of figures, but still a key transfer there uh, to Nor- Norwich. You've got somebody that I know that you respect a lot and, and you think you rate it very highly, Leon Bailey, uh, moving to yes. Aston Villa. Um, and there's many, many more. It just seems to be a lot more transfers of players moving to England. And there probably will be, some, I'm sure, many, many more yeah. in the coming weeks. But do you see the pendulum swinging uh, while at the same time in La Liga taking on investment money I mean, to, as a percentage of the league to buy into the league? Uh, the Italian clubs with, with some f- financial problems. PSG, I mean, forget about financial fair play, but do you see the English clubs kind of having a, a key influence here and a, kind of a change in, in the marketplace? And Jaden Sancho also was a huge one. We, I mean, it, that took a year, so it feels like it, it just felt like an inevitability. Yes, absolutely. I think the next three years, the pendulum always swings, but the TV deal uh, that the Premier League has and the amount of TV money that's in that league while – Liga, um, we talked about the TV situation there. Um, the, Spain is has a huge financial issue. There are financial issues in Spanish society. A lot of this is down to the Spanish government uh, deciding that they weren't going to let football skate by anymore a couple of years ago. And then that's uh, created a knock-on effect. Uh, Italy, there are problems. Look, uh, uh, the clubs also, um, like Inter, 
when you sell to Chinese investors, there's always kind of a pullback uh, potential. And, and we've seen that now uh, with the Chinese government not really wanting. Uh, there's a lot more to this, even with the way they're treating uh, Jack Ma and others, but not really wanting uh, as much money flowing into the West. They want that expertise to come back to China. So uh, they were going to sell. And we knew when Conte walked out on them right after winning the title that this was coming. I think this is a this is a an inevitability. Now the question is, does all the money go to the top teams in the Premier League? Are they the only ones able to spend, or are there uh, other clubs that can go out and make a really big transfer? Uh, it, it's difficult when you judge based on Leicester because I think once again Leicester to me has had one of the best transfer windows in Europe. Although they lose Wesley Fofana to injury, which uh, is a devastating loss, but they've gotten Vestergaard, they've gotten Samare among others. Uh, Ryan Bertrand on a free transfer I think is going to help uh, with Justin out. But Leicester's scouting is so good that some of the guys that you say a guy like Samari, who I said was integral to Lil winning the title in France last year, him going to Leicester doesn't alarm me about the Premier League's dominance because Leicester seems to keep getting these guys for the last however many years. That's why they've won a title. That's why they've won an FA Cup. That's why they're in the top five the last few years also. But if you see, um, I don't know, if you see um, a name a club, Brighton sign somebody that that you think is an absolutely crazy signing that they get out of Spain or Germany or Italy, I think that's when the rest of Europe gets alarmed or Southampton makes that kind of signing. Um, maybe Villa signing Leon Bailey, although I think he um, he's maybe not quite at that level, but he's kind of there, uh, is a warning sign. I have a feeling, Chris, you're going to see an outflow. As long as guys qualify for work permits, that's another issue now with England. The point system has changed post-Brexit. Uh, you might see a real outflow of even mid-range talent to uh, mid-level Premier League clubs in the next three years during the duration of this TV contract. One thing I should mention, though, is the TV contract for German clubs, uh, uh, for the Bundesliga, the TV deals that they are currently under, uh, not just domestically, but globally, are bringing in more money than I think they expected. So um, they they may have, uh, and obviously they have a different model for the structure of the football, but maybe they won't lose as many guys. But as far as Italy and Spain... I think there's going to be a huge outflow of players if those players qualify for work permits in England. And uh, if you're a fan of those two leagues, the next three years are going to be pretty rough, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and I guess that's another thing, too, about La Liga's uh, timing of the deal with ESPN is it's it's not at, at an op- opportune time uh, by any means. I mean, Barcelona still has players to sell that need to offload to bring down their um, the salaries. And... Um, it will be interesting. I mean, there's definitely a lot of youth players moving through the system. But, um, yeah, and in some ways, too, I mean, with the Premier League, I think, it. I mean, bringing in Sancho, bringing in, bringing back uh, Lukaku, um, and I'm sure probably some other signings coming through, too, is that um, it is more important than ever for this next TV deal from NBC, well, from the Premier League, really, to be as large as possible, to, to really keep these ha- these clubs happy and keep on th- them signing some big players. Uh, whether it'll be or not, we will have to wait and see, but it's uh, it's a fascinating story. All right, next up in the list of mailbag, uh, first up, uh, and we got a lot of feedback about uh, Messi. Nick says, I was vehemently against the Super League. Uh, if Messi leaves for Barcelona for PSG, I think the current situation where Man City, PSG, and maybe Chelsea can spend at will while everybody else, especially outside of England, um, cuts might actually be more depressing than the Super League. I understand that a lot of this is due to mismanagement by these clubs. However, as much as the Super League would have ruined football, Qatar bankrolling a club to poach everybody else's best players during an economic crisis isn't football either. Of course, a lot can be can, can still happen, and this message might be irrelevant by the time you read it, which is not, <laughs> but the sport is in a very bad and unhealthy place. Kantik, you, you have to agree with that, right, in terms of just uh, the financial implications, but do you think that, um, I mean, there's been some arguments, I think, in the New York Times this week to say that, well, Maybe the Super League wasn't such a bad idea um, versus kind of where we ended up with. 
well, we knew Barcelona and, and Real Madrid uh, were desperate even at that point. And, and the thing is, if their financial livelihood depended on this as much as it did, which it clearly did, why did they roll it out so, um, so, so sloppily to where it blew up within three days? The reason for that is because of their arrogance. And their arrogance is what got them into this position. The arrogance of those two clubs, the arrogance of those two clubs to continue to even oppose La Liga bringing in investors. And uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, the, the in- arrogance and entitlement of those two clubs. So I agree this is all bad for football. Football, I think football is in a bad place. But for me, it, uh, I, at the same time, I was vehemently against bailing out those two clubs in particular. So I think it's just desserts. I, I, I know it's very emotional and tough to see Messi leave Barcelona, and I'm disappointed he's going to cut her own PSG, to be frank about it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, but I think it's just desserts for Barcelona. They deserve to lose Messi and everything else. And Laporta came in with complete arrogance, too, when he won that presidential election and um, just thought he was going to snap his fingers and they were going to be running on credit like they were 10 years ago when he last ran the club. So, um, yeah, I agree um, with uh, with Nick, uh, but um, I also think that those two clubs have gotten what they deserve and the Super League would have been a bailout for them. So I'm still I, I would like a way maybe that we can we can balance this and I, I've been weighing this this is an article I'm probably going to write for World Soccer Talk in the near future about how we can get some spending mitigation and American style control of these things in, in, in place while not blowing up the, the model of football so we have closed leagues. Um, and I, I, to be honest with you, Chris, I think La Liga has taken the first step towards that. It's going to be painful. I just said the next three years are going to be very tough if you're a La Liga fan. But this is something they have to do. And a decade from now, we might be looking back yeah, as much of a curmudgeonly uh, kind of uh, uh, provocative character Tebas has been and said, you know what? He got it right. And the people running La Liga now, and it's the top league in the world again now, et cetera. And it's because of what he did in, in 2020. It could be mm-hmm. at that point. I think they have to do what they're doing. Hans says, the real winner in all of this is being sports who dumped La Liga and held the rights to Liga. And the additional loser could be ESPN with an eight-year deal for La Liga. Now there's no Messi and rumours that uh, since Aguero hasn't been registered, he also wants to leave since he joined Barca to play with Messi. Looks like a few contracts will be uh, redrawn, like tickets for PSG and TV rights for Ligue 1. And we have to see if ESPN gets their lawyers involved on the deal that they signed with La Liga. What an entertaining transfer window this turned out to be. Barca has has to be the worst-run club in the top tiers. Looks like Laporta got this one wrong. Messi is bigger than Barcelona. Michael says uh, La Liga will be fine. They have been having superstars come and go their entire history as for espn plus disney knew what they were doing they aren't stupid when they bought la liga messi was about to be was going to be out the door anyway he's 34 they bought la liga at the same time they picked some of the liga mx uh, rights and signed the deal with the sec conference to guarantee at least one game per team per year in, in american football and seven games per year in basketball La Liga is a bargain compared to that, and the, the increase in subscribers for the SEC alone will pay for La Liga. Even without Messi, Barcelona is still loaded. They will just be, they will be just fine. After all of this, Barcelona is still the second richest soccer team in the world, second only to Real Madrid, and sixth most richest sports franchise in the world. In addition, they have the largest capacity in all of Europe. Messi will hurt temporarily but they will only drop to number three, Real Madrid and Man United, number ones and two. I will still watch a random La Liga game 100 times out of 100 over any Premier League game other than uh, with Arsenal, but that's just me. That is why that, that is what it's, what's beautiful about soccer in the US. We can watch whatever we want, Liga, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, Premier League, Liga MX, Brazilian League, Argentine League, and so on and on and on. Loco Footy says Premier League rights will cost even more for the next cycle then. Barcelona gambled and lost. They, they were waiting for La Liga to lift or suspend the spending limits, and La Liga did not. This is, just, this is more than just Messi. Super League, the latest investment by CVC, TV rights are all involved here. I'm sure uh, Juventus and Madrid 
applied pressure as well. It's all disgusting. Mercator says, very cool having Kay Murray co-host and really looking forward to uh, her and Dan Thomas leading the presentation of La Liga. I think we all really need Ray Hudson to stay at least until Messi well and truly retires. I would love to hear him on PSG games uh, this season. The ESPN multicast feature really allows you to see more of the smaller clubs on a regular basis. So I've enjoyed uh, 2020 coverage of some of the smaller clubs. Barcelona is an absolute disgrace. The Financial Times recently had an expose and their uh, incompetence in the last five years has been truly staggering. For all that we mock the oil clubs, Barcelona spent over a billion dollars to get worse with no one bankrolling everything. Now they have to let Messi go in an embarrassing fashion. He deserved better from the club. La Liga doesn't look much better. Um... The CVC deal is terrible. You finance that from the bond market or a bank loan. You don't give away 10% of your revenues for 50 years. Serie A and then Bundesliga turned down a similar offer, and I'm glad Madrid is suing over this. Reminds me of Ligue 1 picking uh, Media Pro after Serie A turned them down, failing to get any guarantee and then having it blow up in their face. How can someone like Barto walk into a negotiation with a max price of 80 million euros and walk out paying twice that you really wonder who manages some of these football clubs it's absolutely unprofessional at best and grossly incompetent in many cases these are not small amounts of money harry kane needs a real agent as well he embarrassed himself and achieved nothing Strong words there from Mercator. Uh, a couple more comments to go. Don Dickerson says, I get uh, I'll it. Just say real, go ahead. Go ahead. About the, the Harry Kane thing, there's this trend, obviously, of superstar players being represented by family members. So um, I think that at, at some point, the pendulum is probably going to swing back to where. Um, uh, and the Kane thing is illustrative of that. I mean, I don't know. I assume it was his brother's strategy to uh, to hand to, to hold out effectively, like an American sports style, uh, like uh, these players who used to hold out for for contracts. Uh, that um, it, and even the way kind of the messy thing went with his dad and, and Neymar. I think that it's going to, uh, as much as people are tired of dealing with Mini Raula and. Uh, and George Mendez and others, there is going to be a pendulum swing back to maybe mid-level agents for some of these superstar players because um, Charlie Kane is not the first family member to advise his brother or his son uh, improperly in the last few years in terms of being like the representation for a superstar player. So um, I, I actually I take that point really well from Mercator. I think that that's, uh, he needs to go get a real agent now. Don Dickerson says, I get it. Messi is the big draw, but to say the club isn't worth watching now is beyond dumb. I'll tune in because they are still a great club that will be uh, in the top uh, top three or, or there uh, in the league, league table and definitely w- worthy of the knockout round, probably round of 16, maybe even the quarterfinals if they get a good draw in the next few years of Champions League. Going forward, they have two great men up front uh, with Memphis Depay and Antoine Griezmann. So long as they stay healthy, this club is going to be well worth watching, even without Messi. And last but not least, uh, Toto says, La Liga without Messi is just another league and will lose its attraction. On the other hand, Ligue 1 will pick up worldwide viewers. PSG is building the dream team, Messi flanked by Mbappe and Neymar with uh, Sergio Ramos and Marquinhos in the back and Verratti and, and Wijnaldum in midfield. And Pochettino as a coach would be an amazing team to watch. The bookies already give them three to one odds of winning the Champions League. Uh, being sports just got another lifeline in the US market. Love to hear Phil and Ray commentating on PSG games. And as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Phil Shane commentating on PSG games. Uh, like K. Murray mentioned um, in last week's podcast, it sounds like Ray is more likely to be hanging up his boots than to be trying to step into a new position. So he does uh, games for Inter Miami, does the commentating on that, as well as appearances on Sirius XM FC. Um, but the indications are unlikely that he is going to move to ESPN or CBS Sports or another broadcaster. It looks like he's more 
uh, trying to kind of pick and choose what he wants to do. And maybe he wants to spend more time um, by himself. You I mean enjoying life? He's he's definitely definitely deserves it. So we want you to have your say. I mean, yes, this week's uh, comments mostly were all about Messi, but some of it about financial fair play, about Barcelona and uh, Ray Hudson, etc. If you have any questions about anything that we cover um, in terms of broadcasting, soccer on TV, uh, streaming, etc., or related comments, you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at World Soccer Talk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com and um, we will often read those out on air. Kartik, uh, what would your excitement level be on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being off the charts for this weekend's coverage? Because, I mean, when you think about it, there is so much to choose from this weekend. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on in life, but in terms of soccer, what's your rating there? I'd say a, a, a seven or an eight. I mean, I, I'm uh, Serie A's not starting. Look, we have Coppa Italia, by the way, um, and we do have uh, Scottish League uh, on Paramount Plus, which has been uh, which has been good so far. Um, but I, I'm waiting for for really the, uh, the the Serie A launch on CBS, and then it to kick in the the, the studio and everything after uh, after the international break. So that's when I'll get to a ten. I'll say a seven for now. I. Um, I, I think one other point I wanted to make in the podcast that I didn't, sorry, Chris, is that uh, these first couple of weeks we're seeing uh, NBC use uh, USA Network and use CNBC uh, for some uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. British Standard Time kickoffs. So that, I think, is going to get is, is being planned to get the audience used to uh, flipping those channels on instead of NBCSN. So I'm actually, that's a big part of my curiosity this weekend. How are those games handled? Are they international feeds? Is uh, uh, Rebecca Lowe's studio come on to those broadcasts also? And what is that handoff when NBCSN goes away uh, going to be like? So actually, I might be more curious about NBC's Premier League coverage, even with all this ESPN and CBS uh, coverage this weekend than, than most people. I, I'm curious genuinely about some of the things they do entering their final season and uh, the USA uh, and CNBC games, I think, presumably being done because they need to impress on the Premier League. They're serious about keeping the rights and, and show and giving the, uh, the Premier League the coverage the league feels it deserves. Yeah, yeah. Some b- big games this weekend. You've got uh, Norwich against Liverpool on NBC over the air and Peacock. Um, one of the games you mentioned, Kartik, uh, on the USA channel, uh, and that is Everton against Southampton. Uh, yep. That's on Saturday, and then you've got uh, Leicester Wolves, NBCSN, Man United against Leeds United, Brentford against Arsenal. I mean, there's, I mean, Man City Spurs. I mean, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, the the level of football will live up to its billing. Um, I, I, I'm confident it will. And NBC's coverage, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's um, it's going to be all over the place in terms of. Um, options to choose from so like you mentioned too about being curious about NBC's coverage of this this weekend's games and who's going to be commentating which matches we will have the full list of commentators on worldsoccertalk.com on the homepage. and uh, if you have any questions feel free to post us in the comments and we'll get back to you regarding that so Kartik it's good to have you back um, appreciate your time and listeners, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week, next Thursday, to talk about uh, how the first week of coverage went uh, for the new season, for the Bundesliga, uh, for La Liga, for the Premier League, and I'm sure lots of other games from around the world. Kartik, what should the listeners do, and what will you be doing this weekend? Enjoy your football. 